Chapter twenty five, part two of the Combined Maze by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter twenty five, part two. Mr. Randall made a measured, balancing movement of his body while he drummed with his fingers on the table. Well, it was as if he took his question back, conceding its enormity he leaned forward now in his balancing and lowered his voice to the extreme of confidence have you any idea how far she's gone it was as near as he could get to it she's gone as far as paris said ranny with a grin is that far enough for you mr randall leaned back as with relief and stopped balancing it might be worse he said far worse how do you mean worse seems to me about as bad as it can be it's unfortunate but not so serious as if he paused profoundly he was visibly considering it from some private and personal point of view she might have stayed in london she might have carried on at your own door or here in wandsworth his nephew randall was now regarding him with an attention the nature of which he entirely misconceived it gave him courage to speak out his whole mind and no mincing matters if i were you randall the first thing i should do is to get rid of that young woman that diamond girl he put up his hand to ward off the imminent explosion yes yes i know all you've got to say my boy but it won't do she's a young girl she's as good as they make them said ranny glaring at him as good as my mother there yes 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 i know all about it but you mustn't have her there have her where where i know she's been where your mother says she's been in your house now don't turn on your mother she hasn't said a word against her i'm not saying a word but you mustn't have her about randall you mustn't have her about there'd be talk and all before you know where you are it isn't right and it isn't proper no ranny it isn't proper said his mother and his aunt said no it wasn't too ranny laughed unpleasantly you think it's as improper as the other thing do you he addressed his uncle what other thing said mr randall it had made him wince even while he pretended not to see it it had brought him so near what my wife's done well randall since you ask me to all appearances appearances mind you it is appearances well you must save appearances and you must save em while you can how am i to save them i should like to know by actin at once by stoppin it all before it gets about you can't have your wife over there in paris carrying on you must just start soon as you can tomorrow and bring her back not much it's what you've got to do randall she's been unfortunate i know but she's young and you don't know how she may have been led on it's likely as not you haven't looked after her enough you don't know but what you may have been responsible you've got to take her back what should i take her back for said ranny with false suavity to save scandal to save trouble and misery and disgrace all round you got to think of your family what do you mean by my family me and my children i mean the family name my boy a frightful lucidity had come upon ranny born of the calamity itself it was not for nothing that he had attained that sudden violent maturity of his he saw things as they were you mean yourself he said jolly lot you think of me and my children if you ask me to take her back not me i'll be damned first 
you married her randall against the wishes of your family and you're responsible to your family for the way she conducts herself i should rather think i was responsible if i wasn't if i was a blitherin idiot i might take her back i don't say if she leaves you again you'll take her back a second time but you got to give her a chance after all she's the mother of your children you married her yes that's where i went wrong that's what made her do it if you want to know that's the provocation i gave her it's what she always had against me the children and my marrying her and she was right she never ought to have had children i never ought to have married her against her will well i can't think what you did it for in such haste i did it said ranny in his maturity his lucidity because it was the way i was brought up i suppose come to that i did it for all you he saw everything now as it was how do you make that out did it for us then ranny delivered his soul and the escape the outburst was tremendous cataclysmic for you and your rotten respectability what you brought me up on what you've rammed down my throat all along what you're thinking of now you're not thinking of me you're thinking of yourself and how respectable you are and how i've dished you you don't want me to take my wife back because you care a rap about me and my children it's because you're afraid that's what it is you're afraid you're afraid of the rotten scandal you're afraid of what people say you're afraid of not looking respectable any more you know what my wife's done you know what she is she's a woman randall she's a woman she's a well she is and you know it you know what she is and you want me to take her back so as you can lie about it and hush it all up and pretend it isn't there same as you've done with my father he's a drunkard for shame randall said his uncle he is and you know it and he knows it and my mother knows it and yet you go on lying about him and pretending i'm sick of it i'm sick of hearing about how good he is and his headaches headaches oh ranny dear his mother wailed piteously i'm not blaming him mother poor old hummingbird he can't help it i'm not blaming violet she can't help it either it's my fault if i'd wanted her to stick to me i oughtn't to have married her what ought you to have done then his uncle inquired sternly anything but that that's what started her she couldn't stand it she'll stick to mercier all right you'll see because she isn't married to the swine whereas if i took her back to-night she'd chuck me to-morrow can't you see that she's like that she's done the best day's work she ever did for herself and me too well how you can speak about it so ranny said his mother there you're at it again you know pretending you go on as if it was the most horrible thing that could happen to anyone her bolton when you know the most horrible thing would be her coming back again to look at you and uncle and aunt there anyone would think that violet was the best wife and mother that ever lived and that she'd only left me to go to heaven well there's no good my saying any more i can see said mr randall and he rose buttoning his coat with dignity that struggled in vain against his deep depression he was profoundly troubled by his nephew's outburst it was as if peace and honesty and honour the solid steadfast tradition by which he lived had been first outraged then destroyed in sheer brutality he didn't know himself he had been charged with untruthfulness and dishonesty he who had been held he who had been held the soul of honesty and truth who had always held himself at least sincere and he didn't know his nephew randall he had always supposed that randall was refined and that he had a good heart and to think that he could break out like this 
and be coarse and cruel and say things before ladies that were downright immoral well he said as he shook hands with him i can't understand you my boy sorry uncle there leave it alone i don't ask you to apologize to me but there's your mother you've done your best to hurt her good-bye he's upset john said ranny's mother and no wonder you should have let him be i'm not upset said ranny wearily what beats me is the rotten humbug of it all and no sooner did mr randall find himself in the high street with his wife than he took her by the arm in confidence he was quite right about that wife of his only i thought if he could have patched it up ah uh, i dare say he knows more than we do what i can't get over is the way he spoke about his poor father well i wouldn't say it to emma but fullymore does drink like a fish he does it was his sacrifice to honesty but randall was wild he didn't quite know what he was saying poor chap it's hit him harder than he thinks ranny alone with his mother put his arm round her neck and kissed her she had gone into her room and returned dressed ready to go back with him to southfields i'm sorry mother if i hurt you never mind ranny i know how hurt you must have been before you could do it it was what you said about your father dear but there you've always been good to him no matter what he's been is he very bad mother he is i don't know i'm sure how i'm going to leave him unless he can manage with mabel and mr ponting she's a good girl mabel and he's got a kind heart ranny that young man do you think i haven't i wasn't meaning you my dear come i'm ready now they went downstairs mrs ransome paused at the kitchen door to give some final directions to mabel the maid and a message for mr ponting the assistant and they went out as they were going down the high street her thoughts reverted to ranny's awful outburst ranny i wish you hadn't spoken to your uncle like you did i know mother but he set my back up he was talking through his sunday hat all the time pretendin to stick up for violet knowing perfectly well what she is and cussin and swearin at her for it in his heart and naggin at me because there wasn't anybody else to go for he was trying to help you ranny if god can't help me strikes me as pretty fair cheek of uncle to presume he meditated but he wasn't tryin to help me he was thinkin how he could help his own damned respectability all the blessed time he knows what a bloomin hell it's been for violet and me this last year and he'd have forced us back into it into all that misery just to save his own silly skin no dear it isn't that he doesn't think violet should be let to go on living like she is if you can stop her he thinks it isn't proper well that's what i say it's his old blinkin blitherin morality he's taken care of not me everybody's got to live like he thinks they ought to no matter how they hate it if two kilkenny cats he knew was to get married and one of them was to bolt he'd fetch her back and tie em both up heads together so as she shouldn't do it again and if they clawed each other's guts out he wouldn't care he'd say they were living a nice virtuous respectable and moral life what rot it all is stop her as if any one could stop her god knows she can't stop herself poor girl she's made like that i'm not blamin her for with whatever wildness ranny started he always came back to that he didn't blame her he knew whereof she was made it was proof of his sudden forced maturity that unfaltering acceptance of the fact talk of helpin strike me poor vise helpin more than anybody by clearin out like she's done 
that was how with a final incomparable serenity he made it out but his mother took it all as so much wildness the delirium the madness born of his calamity he'd have been all right if i'd been ass enough to play into his hands and gone blowin me nose and grizzlin and whinin about my misfortune and let him go gassin about the sadness of it and all that but because i kept my end up he went for me sadness he doesn't know what sadness is or misfortune my god if every poor beggar had the luck i've had to be let off without having to pay for it up till then his mother had kept silence she had let him rave poor boy she had said to herself he doesn't mean it it'll do him good but when he talked about not having to pay for it that reminded her that paying for it was just what he would have to do how you manage she said now about the children i can take them for a week or two or more while you get settled would you it was a way out for the present i'd take them all together i'd love to ranny if it wasn't for your father being ill in spite of the cataclysm she still by sheer force of habit kept it up i don't want you to take them all together he said i could do it if you was to come with em that indeed was what she wanted the heavenly possibility she had sighted from the first but she had hardly dared to suggest it even now putting out her tremorous feeler she shrank back from his refusal if you could let granville and come and live with us his silence and his embarrassment pierced her to the heart won't you she ventured well i've got to think of them for them in some ways the poor old hummingbird might you see be almost as bad as violet she knew she had known it all the time she had even got so far in knowledge as to see that ranny's father was in a measure responsible for ranny's marriage if ranny had had more life more freedom and more happiness around him in his home he would not have been driven as he was to violet well dear you just think it over if you don't come you must get somebody yes he must get somebody he had thought of that it can't be winnie diamond dear no he assented it can't be winnie diamond you'll have to come to me until i can find you someone they left it so after all it made things easier the method that his mother had brought to such perfection her way of skating rapidly over brittle surfaces of circumnavigating all profound unpleasantness and of plunging when she did plunge only into the vague the void and through it all he was aware of the brittleness the unpleasantness the profundity of what was immediately before him how to deal with poor winnie and her innocent enormity the impropriety as it had been presented to him of her devotion but even this problem so torturing to his nerves was presently lost sight of in the simple practical difficulty of detaching winnie from the children or rather of detaching the children from winnie of tearing as they had to tear them from her piecemeal first baby then dossie with every circumstance of barbarous cruelty it was a spectacle an operation of such naked agony that before it the most persistent the most incorruptible sense of propriety broke down it was too much altogether for mrs ransome dossie was the worst she had strength in her little fingers and she clung and the crying the crying of the two terrible to ranny terrible to winnie the passionate screams the strangled sobs the long irremediable wailing the terrifying convulsive silences the awful intermissions and shattering recoveries of anguish 
it was as if their innocence had insight had premonition of the monstrous imminent separation of the wrong that he and she were about to do to each other in the name of such sanctities as innocence knows nothing of for outrage and wrong it was to the holy primal instincts drawing them as it had drawn them long ago seeking to bind them again body and soul breaking all other bonds insult and violence to honest love to fatherhood and motherhood to the one one and threefold perfection that they could stand for he and she it ended by its sheer terror in winnie's staying just for that evening to put the little things to sleep for nobody else not ranny and not his mother was able to do that the dark design of their torturers was to take these innocent ones by night drugged with their sleep and pack them in the pram snugly blanketed and thus convey them in secrecy to wandsworth where it was hoped they would wake up poor lambs to a morning without memory well winky he said but it was not yet well he had to stand by and see winky stoop over baby's cot it was her right for the last look she knew it was her last look in that room in that way that had been the way of innocence well i never said ranny's mother as he returned from seeing winky home so much was permitted him it was even imperative did they ever cry like that for their mammy he smiled grimly his illumination was more than he could bear End of chapter twenty five recording by expatriate in bangor maine